brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome back to the one and only Cavs the Podcast, featuring commentary from all of your favorite Cavs the Blog bloggers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to Cavs the Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm here with one evil genius. And uh, this is a uh, post-Memorial Day podcast. We uh, took a little bit of a break over the weekend, so now we're we're coming back strong, getting into the uh, the NBA season home stretch here. The final start yeah. Thursday, finals week. Um, it was a. I, I was pretty shocked by the Eastern Conference Finals. I got to be honest. Were you? Me. I wasn't. <laughs> so were you, you picking Toronto all along, or were you picking Milwaukee? I can't I remember. I picked Toronto at the beginning of the year. Yeah, okay. No, no, no. I didn't know if you'd changed. I knew you picked him at the beginning. Nope. So. nope. I, yeah. I knew it was only a matter of time before Mike Buttonholzer would show his true <laughs> stripes as a, you mean, you a mean, not not ready for <laughs> for postseason coach. You mean Rhaegar Schottenheimer? <laughs> I, I think I tweeted it, it. It was a little cruder than this, but it was <laughs> basically... Just because you learn from Pop doesn't mean you are Pop. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think I think he's he's now. I mean, look, it's happened with one team. Say, all right, well, maybe that was just the way the team was made up. Happens with the second team. It, there's no coincidence there. I mean, clearly yeah. this guy and his coaching style. I mean, and this time it was different. He, he, he had definitely a, he had, had a star, a, a closer in the, in the headlights. Look in that final game, I and mean, it was like. <laughs> Well, I think they were all really surprised that they lost uh, to lose Game Five, in especially the way that Toronto came yeah. back bo- in both of those games. Yeah, and then but, and then to lose four in a row was was something else. I mean, that yeah. last game when Toronto reeled off that ten over, like they were up fifteen, and I felt like okay, if they can just hold on to this lead, and then Toronto ran off that ten zero run, I was like, oh, this. This does not look good. <laughs> well, what happened with, for Toronto was their bench finally came alive. Yeah, especially Van Fred Van Bleet. Well, and and to me, the other thing that happened is, um, <laughs> we always talked about it with Ty Lu a little bit. Uh, Ty Lu does more with less and less with more, and I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like Buttonholzer had too many options and played the wrong. Like, I just Bledsoe was awful. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah. Just couldn't do anything on offense, and then, um, and they had other options there. They had you know more minutes for Brogdon or Connaughton or even Tony Snell, 
And it felt like it threw him off, though. Like when they by taking Brogdon out of the bench crew, they yeah. they lost that punch that they were getting. Yeah. In the in the first couple games when he was doing that, and uh, just just really felt like it was whatever whatever he could do wrong. Uh, he did, and yeah. I I still don't get I still don't understand this penchant to go and Ty Lue is guilty of it too. Like these coaches who go drop down to to play an, a seven or eight man rotation, yeah, in 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 really sort of clutch games, you know, like these guys are tired, like they're so gassed. And you I mean, saw that's what... the one thing. I mean, Sorry, look, maybe ahead. maybe it's the the personnel, but the one thing that that Steve Kerr's always done is gone deep. Yeah. He's always it doesn't matter. Like he keeps he keeps a good rotation. He he keeps his his stars rested. I mean, granted, not, he's got not a lot afraid more. to throw a wrinkle in there of, of bringing someone yeah. off the bench. You now, have... granted that that probably cost him when he kept throwing uh, Festus Azelian. The yeah. year, the year the Cavs won. The Cavs may have a championship due to that, but maybe. But at the same time, it's like, well, you gotta. I mean, I just think you gotta. This is what got you there. Yeah. So try to don't just completely dismiss it. And well, and you saw the energy like a Dwight Powell had for yeah. for did uh, Miritich did Miritich even play in Miritich games? didn't play. I don't think the last two games. Yeah, didn't play at all. And and you saw the energy Powell had, and he was just. He was just blown by guys getting to the rim, and yeah, yeah, and and it also goes to show you, like guy like Van Vliet, people don't stay cold forever. And if you if you kind of sag sag off them and let them get going again, that they're all professionals. They're all gonna kind of get it working. Well, to hear him talk too was when after his kid was born, and he was like, "All right, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm motivated. I'm gonna go out and do this now." Yeah, but yeah, Van Vliet was a different player from from the series before against the Sixers to this series and even really the first couple of games I mean he just kind of came alive and he he almost couldn't miss the last three or four games from three yeah yeah and and Milwaukee kind of had the opposite problem and um and, and good for uh good for Toronto I mean good for I, Toronto I I didn't have a skin in the game other than I thought that Milwaukee was a better matchup against the uh the Warriors but I, I mean, I don't think anybody has any doubt Kawhi was the best player in that series. I think Kawhi's the best player in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, I couldn't argue with you. And that's that what I said at the beginning of the year. I'm like, look, you, you, you take the team who, I mean, look, Cavs sweep aside. Yeah. They Toronto was easily the best team, quote unquote, team in mm-hmm. the in the East last year. And you get rid you you get rid of LeBron from the conference, and you and you trade out DeRozan, the king of the mid range jumper, yeah. to you know for Kawhi, who is a, just a I mean, he's such a great two way player when he's locked yeah, in and, and healthy. And Giannis is great, but he's not a guy that can get his own shot all the time. He'll no. get it in transition. But he's not a guy who can get his own shot in the half. Court. And Kawhi seemed to give them exactly what they needed when they needed it. If yeah. they needed a big sort of rousing dunk, he would drive down the lane and oh get my one. Gosh, they, some needed of those a, were... they needed a they needed a a clutch three from the top of the top of the the arc. He'd get one. Like that's yeah. just 
He's the claw, man. Like he, he oh, is, or, or some of those steals, just like that big mitt reaching out, grabbing that ball. Yeah, I mean, and he and he wasn't even right the first few games. Like he was no, really looked like limping, he was still limping around. But he, I will say, he is a very refreshing. <laughs> I love the very, very literal answers to questions. Yeah, <laughs> like the what? How do you beat um, Milwaukee four times in a row? I don't know. We haven't done it before. Yeah. I mean, he's just very, but I don't even think he's being cute. You know, he just like, that's the way he thinks. Yeah. And, and it's just very straightforward. Yeah. And it, it's, which is weird because he's such a, I mean, that was that whole departure yeah. from San Antonio and everything. But I, I, again, I wonder how much of that he never really talked much about it. It was only sort of people supposing what had happened. Um, who knows? Do you think he stays in Toronto regardless of how they do? Or do you think they'd have to win the finals to stick around? I, I think it depends. I mean, I think the narrative is definitely different if they get blown out for four games versus, you know, a, a six or seven game battle. Um, because Toronto does have some options to add some players. I mean, Paul yeah. Gasol may or may not opt out. Um and and Danny Green, I believe, is a free agent, so they have the ability to uh, to run it back and then maybe add a piece or two. So there's definitely that ability, and they've shown they can be the best team in the East. And and honestly, with a couple of their guys on the men, OG and Anobi down, I, I believe they have another wing player that's injured. So. Yeah, and not that OG Ananobi is the be all end all, but you know, it's definitely depth. So Well, I think they were excited about him early on, but yeah, yeah. he's had a rough year with injury. Yeah. And wasn't he the wasn't he the guy that uh that Ty Lu didn't know what to do when he didn't yeah. come in the game and could, didn't know what to do with Kyle Corver? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But Well, uh, I don't know. I look, I think the problems with Milwaukee finally surfaced where they just they they went cold shooting and you know as long as you can keep Giannis out of the paint and Toronto used all their fouls and they were they did a, they did a nice job boxing out and they they just had more they just had more talent I think yeah and I don't think they were coached very well I mean I saw a lot of Read a lot of stuff about plays that worked really well for Milwaukee in the regular season, like a a wing screening roll with no one in the strong side corner with uh, uh, Giannis as the roll man, and you know they didn't run that. They didn't do a lot of the things. They I felt like they needed to get a lot more off the ball action. I think the other thing that would help them immensely is a knockdown three point shooter, and they don't have that. They have got a lot of good guys, and their their best one is probably. Um, uh, it's the rookie or the, the guy that Connaught, Brogdon, no, their, their best one's probably Brogdon, their best three point shooter, but, um, they didn't run him off the ball a lot. And I felt like, you know, doing that, running that fry, you know, doing that with Miritich and running that fry, uh, Corver, uh, pin down would have been a really good look for them and would have, yeah. you know, flummoxed that zone. Uh, that zone. They picked really... up the wrong. They picked up the wrong uh, euro from <laughs> from uh, the Sixers when they let him go last year. They should have gotten Bellinelli. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, although I thought uh, 
Uh, Ilyasova played a fine series. I thought he played really well. I know. Well. Ilyasova was Ilyasova was good. I'm just saying, like, yeah. he's not the three point shooter that that Bellinelli is. So. No, no, and and not especially not off a pin down. He's yeah. not. He doesn't fly around that screen like a guard. And so and that matchup zone really really flummoxed them. And yeah. they kind of had no answer for it. So yeah. well, you need a good coach to figure those things out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I think he's the. I just uh, love it though, man. I love these. I love these coaches that just get that just get, uh, you know, anointed. Yeah. The same thing with with President Stevens. <laughs> They've done it with with Budenholzer twice now. It's like, you know what? How about how about let these guys win something before yeah. you start anointing them the next great thing? Yeah, and and meanwhile, Nick Nurse not too good to have uh Drake rubbing his shoulders during timeouts. So that's right. <laughs> I mean, Nurse can you imagine that, that Toronto Ty- thing, man? Yeah, can you imagine that Look, with Ty Lue? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I gotta can, say, can I'm you not... imagine? Uh, I guess who's the Cavs rapper of choice? Flo Rida getting up on the step stool to rub uh, Ty Lue's shoulders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you have say? to get up. No, I just I'm I, I to kind of tag onto what you were saying earlier i'm i'm happy for toronto yeah you know they went from being lebronto the last couple of years to you know to to finally breaking through yeah and, and boy that was a i always felt bad i always felt bad for those fans you yeah. know and i mean it was great to win as yeah. you know as a Cavs fan but at the same time like i i we know what that feels like in cleveland we know yeah, what and that I got feels no like will we had we had our time yeah, I mean, but like with like going back to like you know the the Browns when they could never get past the the Broncos, you know the Broncos or the or the eight Cavs of the late eighties, early nineties that could never get past Michael Jordan and the Bulls, you yeah. know, like same kind of thing. Like we we know what that pain was like, and if if someone was going to have to win it, I, I'm glad they did. Yeah, and I'm now excited I'm, for them. I'm hoping. I mean, the one thing we've seen. Uh, Zaza Pachulia is not on uh, the Golden State Warriors this year to to take out Kawhi's ankle, so maybe yeah, but Bogut is. <laughs> so. That is true. That is true. And and Boogie, who's supposedly closer to returning to action than KD is, although I'll believe that when I see it. <laughs> yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, you do feel like Toronto probably has the edge at center with Gasol, and then at the power forward spot you probably got to give it to um dre with the way he's been playing and you know they've been doing it by committee between abaca and siakam and then you know you got uh Kawhi leonard at the threes probably probably ahead of clay thompson but not by too much and then you got iggy at the two and uh, who starts at the two for toronto uh doesn't it in danny green yeah, that's right. And then um, you got to – so that, that's probably a wash, and then you've got to give Curry over Lowry. So that's a really tight just from the starters. And then i got to think the Denver bench is – or uh, the Toronto bench is a little a little deeper. So yeah, we'll see how well, that series shakes out. If they if they can step up and yeah. play the way they played in the last four games of the, of the Eastern Conference Finals – but I think you're going to see a motivated uh, Clay Thompson after getting snubbed for the All NBA team <laughs> for for Kyrie. 
Yeah. Who made it? Kyrie and Kemba. And I'm like, yeah. ooh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if, I, if I'm picking Kyrie over. Uh, <laughs> that's some East yeah. Coast bias there. That is that is for sure. But I don't know. I, I, I think I could see Toronto winning two games, like games three and four or three and – I guess they'd have to win one on the road if it wasn't four. But, I mean, they play well at home. Um, I don't know if we'll see either KD or Boogie until the, the Warriors drop a game. So yeah, I would say unless Toronto surprises them in, at Oracle, you know, and it could happen. I mean, it's the, the, the strongest argument for, I guess, Rust would be, you know, they've been sitting around for over a Nine week. Nine days, yeah. Yeah, waiting for waiting for these guys and which which is a little bit ridiculous given the fact that what was it uh the Blazers played 10 games in 21 nights yeah <laughs> and it's like what you couldn't have given them one travel day you know yeah <laughs> it's like nah. or not 10 games 11 games in in yeah. 21 nights yeah it was it was crazy but eh. I don't know. I I still don't think. No, I don't think they would. Have, but I close. think they'd have had a chance to take a game if they'd have had some rest. But yeah, you you still. I, it's going to be so hard to stop Curry, especially the way he's been playing. I mean, it's just. I mean, he's throwing them in from everywhere. I think. Well, and Lowry, Lowry, I think has lost a step. Um, yeah. He played better as the series yeah. wore on, but. And, yeah. and Danny Green, no, I mean they probably would have been better off. I mean, to your point, having Milwaukee, they had a, a few more athletic uh, point guards to chase him around. And I mean, look, if if Lowry can be super aggressive on the offensive side and get him into foul trouble the way that the way that Kyrie used to, um, then that might be the that might be one way. But I, I think that's going to be really tough, especially the way they've been defending as a team, and you know they've been helping out. Curry a lot with double teams, like just dropping oh, the chicken roll, and although yeah, I, I think it's much, uh, it's much harder to or much easier to bail out and hit the short roller, uh, the way uh, Dame wasn't, um, yeah. When especially if that short roller is Kawhi Leonard or Paul Gasol, because they're really good passers. So yeah. we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's going to be interesting. I don't know if the if Toronto is mean enough, uh, because you've yeah. got to you've got to beat that team up to beat them, and and you say a lot about uh, the way the Cavs won that series, but two things happened. They were mean in the way they set screens on Steph Curry, and got um got them in the isolations that they wanted with Steph Curry, and they were. Uh, they were mean to. Fit. I mean, the way J.R. Smith was like a bowling ball setting screens in that series, uh, and and uh, Tristan Thompson w- was yeah. definitely part of why they won. No, they they they're definitely going to need uh, they're definitely going to need Gasol and Ibaka to to step yeah. up and and, and, and Ibaka can be mean, although it's not always. It doesn't always help smart. his team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although although I will say it didn't always help. The Cavs with Jr. Either so, true, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, now my my prediction would be, I would say I, I I'll go as far as giving him uh, two games and say four to two. I was uh, <laughs> I was jokingly 
and of course nobody thought it was funny, but it, it was Golden State in three was yeah <laughs> was my prediction, and I, I I'm actually I think I I will go with you and I'll give him uh, six. I just think because Kawhi Kawhi looks really good right now, and yeah. a healthy a healthy locked in Kawhi. I mean, we saw it before he got hurt that year when the Spurs really looked like they were they had a shot to uh, to knock the Warriors out, and then he got he stepped on Zaza's foot or vice versa, and that was that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it should be fun. I'm 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 happy to see Toronto there. I'm, I that I really want to see some some internal fireworks from the Warriors between KD and. <laughs> and that that would be my dream situation is is the meltdown between KD and uh um Dre but probably won't happen. I, it's no, so I, sad. I, did I, you my, hear, did my you read prediction, all the... I, I really don't think KD will play a game unless they're in real trouble. Yeah, did you see the um <laughs> the quotes about Draymond Green about talking about how stupid he'd been playing? Yeah. And I'm like, damn it, he's figured it out. <laughs> Yep. I mean he'll 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 revert to that. He always does, but Oh yeah. Um but it's still No, but there's almost a I mean look when 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 KD went out Oh yeah, they like, flipped a switch. They flipped the switch cuz they and Houston just fell apart because that's what Houston does <laughs> and because they just they looked at it and said, "All right, well, we're just back to the team that won seventy three games, like and, and we're well, daring them to call holds and moving screens on us, yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> and the refs aren't so. But that's just it. Like, if you're looking at it from KD's perspective, like, why would you play, right? Like, if if they're not gonna, if they're not in, in any sort of danger of, of losing, why why risk re, why risk re-injuring oh, yeah. more seriously? Because that looked like an that looked like an Achilles when it happened. Yeah, I didn't see it when it happened. I just heard he left. Um, it looked like an Achilles because it was a non-contact. He kind of came down and just yeah. and he couldn't put any weight on that leg. And I mean, I guess it was more than it could put some, but you know, it, the way he reacted, it looked yeah. like. Well, and you like, heard what? Did you read Ben's article last Friday about basically a calf strain is no joke? Yeah. Like, yeah. and and honestly, from the way Ben described it, it's like basically pulling your hamstring, but for your calf. Yeah. And yeah. that takes forever to heal. And it's usually rest is, and then when you've rest, you're at risk of rehurting yourself when you come back. Yeah. You know, it's a whole. So why a whole thing. why would he why would he risk that, especially on the verge of getting getting paid by you know, New York or Brooklyn or where the Clippers or whoever winds up doing it, probably New York or Brooklyn, but you know, what would, why, why risk it? Maybe even Boston. <laughs> I seriously doubt that. Oh, I, but, I do too, but it, it doesn't stop the fanboys from speculating. <laughs> are no, those I, Boston I fanboys? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I think Boston fanboys are deluding themselves because <laughs> when have they not been? <laughs> not only is Katie not coming, Kyrie's not sticking around. So, yeah, build build around your young guy. By the way, we'll we'll hear all the 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 accolades come in again for President Stevens next year when he's back to the tryhard team of young young guys that play well. <laughs> there you go. That are yeah. scrappy. Yeah. 
Dope. Heck, maybe he'll get, maybe he'll get the IT back. <laughs> I don't know. He's got a date with the Guangdong Dragons. <laughs> uh, anyway, we touched on uh, Tristan Thompson a little bit ago. Um, oh yeah, as a superior screen setter, and one of the things you, I know you wanted to talk about was Tristan Thompson. Uh, what does his future hold with the Cavs? Do you think? Yeah, see well, we him? had a good. Yeah, we had a good series uh, with the the past, present, and future that uh, one of our our uh, contributors uh, and Jude long-time, Elysium, yeah, long time commenter, uh, was kind enough to put together for us. And yeah, I mean, Tristan, Tristan is that that really sort of odd piece. He's the one vet I could see, maybe not quite you know, gelling with the, the new beeline <laughs> probable college approach to, you know, to team building. Um, cause I, I feel like, like Kevin Love seems like a guy that'll, that'll fit right in with what beeline wants to do if the Cavs decide to, to hang on to him. Um, which they should, if they're smart, at least until the, the trade deadline, because, you know, there wasn't enough time for him to, to, to kind of reestablish himself as a with what he can do with the rest of the NBA last season, but um, no, Tristan Thompson, it's just a, it's weird. I mean, the contract is actually not that bad anymore. I mean, isn't because this year's the the last year, right? Yeah, and, and I think it's still around seventeen point five million. Yeah, but compared to what some other guys get now. Oh yeah, like, no, there's that's there's going to be some crazy bad contracts. I mean. Very soon, uh, John Wall is going to be making forty million a year plus. I mean, I think Mike Connolly is already close to that. Yeah, yeah. and he's going to be traded most likely in the off season. Yeah, that that'd be my guess as well. So, I mean, provided they take John Morant. Like well, it, I mean, everything I've read is there's two locks in this draft, and that's uh, Zion and Ja. So, right. Have you heard the re- more, more recent thing that? Um, that the uh, the Knicks are thinking um, Culvert at three. Culvert at three, yeah. And so there was a really nice uh, mock draft on uh, Plain Dealer Cavs dot com or um, Cleveland dot com uh, the other day, and they had uh, uh, who's the kid from Vanderbilt? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm blanking. It's okay, Darius Garland. Um, oh yeah. Basically, right. they think he has a promise from the Lakers at four. So, of that's course, silly. Of course, you know what a promise from Rod Rob Palenka means. Well, we'll get into the <laughs> Lakers in a minute because there's lots to talk about with the Lakers and what yeah. what would it what, it wouldn't be a podcast these days if we didn't talk for half an hour about the Lakers. But yeah. Um, well, let me finish up about Tristan Thompson just to say that I think. I think is in a weird in a weird way like I just I don't I wonder if there's a team that'll take him. I think I I kept saying a team that should really look at him is Portland because he could be a nice Nurkic replacement until Nurkic returns, which probably won't happen until the last two months of of next season, if that. Yeah, and I think that um, oh, who was the Ennis Cantor? I think you saw the limits of Ennis Cantor towards the uh, towards the end of that Golden State series in a guy yeah. who you can't switch, 
Um, not a great individual defender. Um, not a real great screen setter. Um, a good role man, but Tristan Thompson, I think the way they were trapping um, Dame Lillard, Tristan Thompson actually knows how to be a short role man and and would help that team and also a switch defender and will help them on the rebounds. And it's only yeah. a one-year deal. There's other teams that could use a Tristan Thompson. I mean, I've heard I've heard the Lakers as a possibility. For <laughs> well, Tristan I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Is he, he, I forget. Is Tristan Clutch? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Remember the Rich Paul negotiations with uh, with Griffin? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> because half the team was repped by Clutch. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I could see that happening. I could see look, Tristan's got a skill set that that he could be a he could be a um, uh, who was their big goofy center this year for the Lakers. The guy that used to be on the Warriors. For the Lakers, JaVale oh, McGee. JaVale McGee. Yeah, he's yeah. The problem with JaVale McGee is he, as we have often pointed out, is not always the brightest bulb. And Nate? sorry, I had you on mute. The problem with JaVale McGee is he's not always the brightest bulb. And uh, Tristan oh, definitely oh, yeah. has a higher basketball. No, but he's IQ. but but yeah, but he's gone. I mean, yeah, JaVale McGee's not coming back. None of those guys are. They well, were on that's the one true. year. Yeah, it was, I'm just it, saying, like, if you're gonna. If you're if you're the Lakers and the one big free agent name that you might have a shot at is Jimmy Butler, then if they if they sign Jimmy Butler, I think it's going to be hard for them to take on another to take on other guys. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you know Tristan might be an answer for them. So I could see that. I could see LeBron. Yeah, let me see that if that works under the uh, if there's a way they can make that trade work. Because I'm not sure that they have the salaries to do that, but you never know. Maybe, maybe for Lonzo, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Lamelo did play in Northeast Ohio last year. It's true. How how ironic would that be if Lonzo Ball winds up being a winds up being a Jason Kidd esque <laughs> point guard for the Cavs? Well, that's true. Well, that's part of the reason they hired Jason Kidd, though, was to coach was to coach Lonzo. So, oh, you mean not just to be the coach in waiting? To... Yeah, the the the, the Brutus. <laughs> yeah, the the ultimate like, hey, I mean that's so painful. I mean, if you're, I guess, if you're Frank Vogel, like you, like what you say, yeah, sure, I guess, like I, I need to get paid, so I'll just take your, I'll take your three year money for the you know, three months I'm going to coach. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to do that deal for, um, Tristan Thompson because the biggest contract they have on the books that isn't LeBron is, uh, Lonzo ball at seven and a half million. And then they would probably have to like sign and trade like a Reggie Bullock or a Mike Muscala just to get the salaries or, or a KCP to get the, the salaries close. <laughs> Well, if anyone can figure it out, I'm sure Rich Paul can. <laughs> that is that is true. That is true. But uh, I mean, he it, got Luke Walton fired, right? <laughs> yes, yes, he did. But yeah, it, it should be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm looking at other teams that could use a Tristan Thompson. I mean, I feel like Charlotte could definitely. I mean, they've had center problems for forever. Yeah, but Charlotte's probably going to lose. Yeah, and they're, uh, they're so far over the cap. They're gonna they're gonna probably lose what's his name their point guard. So 
Oh, Kemba. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think Kemba stays. I I've heard Kemba, Kemba's going to Dallas. Yeah, but the the thing now is that he was third team All NBA. He's eligible for the Supermax in Charlotte. So that is why people think that Jordan will give him the Supermax and he'll stay. God, that's such a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, that's a terrible idea. I mean, but, that's at least Kemba's sort of stays healthy. But maybe, but like, maybe if you're that's John Wall levels of bad. Yeah, maybe if you're Jordan, you do that and you trade him before the trade deadline, like, like the Clippers did with with, with Griffin. Blake. Yeah, yeah. I, did you see that graphic of what the Clippers ultimately got for Blake Griffin over the last few years? Like, no. it's insane the haul they've got. Yeah, I did not see that, but I I don't doubt it, and. It's funny because Detroit actually he did help them this year. The problem is they're did such he? a good, well they made the playoffs. They're such a yeah. goofily constructed team that it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know, the team just kind of makes no sense. No, so. any team with any team with Reggie Reggie Jackson on it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Only the seventies Yankees make sense. Right. I mean, yeah, Reggie Jackson, the basketball player. Yeah. The funny thing is, is both their nicknames are Mr. October. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I try. Yeah, that's so, good. I mean, um, I'm trying to think of who Miami might be a destination, but you'd have to take on one of Miami's one of Miami's many terrible contracts. Um, <sighs> yeah, but as long as it wasn't yeah. didn't go beyond another year. I mean, they're pretty much primed for summer of 21 to be their, their big, let's try to get some free agents in here, right? Yeah, I actually see Dallas as a possibility, too, because they could use some rebounding and use Tristan as a one-year rental. Um, yeah. Well, what about going home to Canada? Like, if, if Kawhi... Toronto. Yeah, I mean, if whether or not Kawhi stays or leaves... I think it is hard to play him and Ibaka together. Cause no, but you'd probably have to take on Ibaka for Tristan. You know what I mean? I don't think they want to give up. I, if you had your druthers, which would you... Druthers, I'm one of my 60. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I'd probably rather have Tristan because I think Ibaka... I, I don't think Ibaka is anywhere close to what he once was. No. I mean, and he I takes some really bad... He takes some really bad shots. Yeah. I mean, at least Tristan kind of just does his job. Yeah. When you say "great, go get the re- go get the rebound and box out and set screens," yeah. like go Tristan switch. does that, still does that really well. If and you say to Ibaka, "like hey, do these things," he's like not really good at those things, and he takes a lot of bad shots, and he kind of loses his cool sometimes. And there's definitely guys, yeah, I don't know, but he and he also owns Al Horford and the Horford family in the playoffs. So that always helps as well. I mean, there's definitely guys that you could trade Tristan for um, on Dallas. Dallas has a slew of bad contracts. Uh, Courtney Lee and um, and Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, both. I mean, would you trade Tim Hardaway Jr. for TT straight up? Uh, probably not. I mean, he's got two years left on his deal, whereas Courtney Lee, I believe, is in... He's got an opt-in, but for thirteen million, twelve million, you got to think he's going to opt in. Yeah, I forgot all those bad, yeah, former Knicks contracts wound up in Dallas. Yeah, but I mean, this. if you could get a decent draft pick, or would you take Justin Jackson for one of those guys? 
to take sure. on one of those guys. Yeah, I mean that's not a bad move. And and yeah. I and yeah, they don't have anybody at center. So Well the the main thing look, Tristan Tristan hasn't been a malcontent really. I mean he did no. his job last year while he was healthy. No. He did an admirable job. I mean he he's never he's he's always been I mean, probably the the most egregious thing he did was was make that ridiculous statement before the season that the Eastern Conference still goes through Cleveland. Um, but, yeah, and the and the Kardashian distraction was a bit. Yeah, but that's I mean that that was kind of like here. It's par gone. for the NBA I mean, course at this point. Seriously, but I mean, <laughs> is there a player on an NBA team? Is there an NBA team that hasn't had a player linked to a Kardashian at some point? <sighs> You'd have to really do the research. <laughs> no, but my point... That's what the next wave of NBA analytics is all about. Yeah, exactly. No, my, but the point I was... I guess I was going for was... Um, now I've completely lost the thread. What was I talking about? <laughs> I this don't know, Dallas? Talking about Druthers, yeah, and yeah. being old. Um, <laughs> Were we talking about Dallas? Man, I don't and know. And Tristan Thompson. Oh, Tristan Thompson, not a malcontent. You know, a solid, oh, yeah. a solid yeah. locker so that room guy. He was a solid guy, and the the big reason why the big reason is that he just needs to be gone to give more playing time to guys like Larry Nance and Ante Zizic. Yeah, well, I mean, they literally have four centers on the roster. Yeah, um, because not only do they have Tristan, but they also have John Henson and um. You know, as you said, Zizic and Nance, and Zizic is signed for the next four years, and the Cavs have, I'm sorry, Nance is signed for the next four years, and the Cavs have Zizic's rights, so, mm. you know. And plus, when they draft Brandon Clark, there's going to be even more, you know, <laughs> openings. There's going to need to be more playing time near the best. You better get your Brandon Clark profile up soon, yeah, otherwise people I'm are going to start calling you crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm terrible. I, uh... Yeah, so there was a there was a little bit of a you know Cavs blog uh, Twitter thread today. Not our just our Cavs blog, but several of the Cavs blogs talking about um, you know the lack of coverage this year and the the general consensus was that everyone is old and has jobs now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's it's, it might be depressingly true, but. Um, there's not as many 19 year olds that want to come and do Cavs blogs and well, grind now that, now that LeBron's, files all day. And now that LeBron's gone too. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, well, we're, we're writing for a rebuilding team for the next couple of years. And yeah. you know, it's when you get to this time of year, it's like, well, there used to be an, an extra two months of stuff to cover with games and things like that. And now it's just, I mean, I find I find it hard to get excited about writing about draft picks anymore. Like I'm going to write one about the guys that I think they shouldn't take uh, that'll bowl, be coming bowl, up hopefully uh, this week. One of them's name starts with bowl and ends with bowl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too many bowls. That's probably what I'll call it. Too many bowls. Yeah, it's uh, no. I I totally know what you mean. I mean, we are literally. It, it is weird to have ended our NBA season in in April, and it we're April. sitting here almost to June, and we're four and a half months from the start of the NBA season, and it's yeah. just like I am having a hard time getting up, because not only are the Cavs going to be in Vegas, they're going to be in Salt Lake this year. Yeah, they're going to do both summer leagues, right? Yeah. yeah and, and Beeline is going to coach at least one of them. 
Yeah, and Jaron Blossom game is uh, is working hard on his game at Cleveland Clinic Courts. I, I oh, that guy's still around? Okay. Yeah. Hey, he's still under contract. You know, you let those two-way guys train with the team. If they work out, great. I mean. That's true. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, but I'm excited about the draft. There's, there's a lot of, uh, rumors. Um, I, you think they would get Barrett at five? I think they would love to get Barrett. I think everything I've read says Barrett's in their top three and there's a big gap right after that. Um, right. But if, if you, from what you said, if, if it went, uh, I Zion, think- Ja, and then the the Knicks decided they wanted Culver, and the Lakers have promised uh, Garland at four, then Barrett would be there. Yeah, but there's two things about that. One, if Rod Polinka is sitting there at four, he doesn't care about a promise. And if Barrett is there, he will take him. <laughs> that 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 but, would be the one thing. I think it's far more likely if they want Culver that they'll probably talk the Cavs into a trade uh for like the 5th and the 26th the 3rd and they'll take uh they'll take Barrett and the Cavs will take Culver and they'll swap them. I still want them to take uh RJ Hunter or whatever. R- RJ Hunter's not a bad player. I mean, I think my two for me, my top three at that spot, uh, I actually think Barrett. I have not seen anything about Barrett that makes me think he's all that great. I think he's good, not great. Um, for me, it's Clark, uh, probably Culver, and then Hunter uh, at the at the five spot. Uh, yeah, and then. I would probably put Barrett ahead of um, Hunter, but it's close. I mean, Hunter's got a really good. Sc- I think David David Woods, right? Uh, aside from Zion, uh, Hunter probably has the highest floor in the draft. Like, right. I can't see any way he doesn't play for ten years, barring injury. I mean, he just his game seems tailor made for today's NBA to just be on a team and defend, hit threes, rebound. Make smart plays, you know. Sure. Well, that's exactly the kind of guy that the Cavs need. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit excited about that. And I'm excited about the guys later in the draft too, because the the one thing I've read about this draft is that if you pour out a bag of picks five to forty, it could end up in any order. Uh, the way the draft is, I mean, it's. It is really deep and not very after the top three. Most people don't think it's very top heavy, and everything right. is is very subjective. So we we will see what happens. Uh, and then the other guy you wanted to talk about was Kevin Love, and I think you touched on it briefly earlier. Um, oh, just just also what what if anything we think they might do with Kevin? Do you think the B line hire affects affects Kevin staying or being traded or? I, I don't think they're going to make any determination about that till the middle of, the, um, and and mainly I mean, they shouldn't, right? They shouldn't. Mainly because they want to get Kevin Love back to All Star status before they trade him. Otherwise, they're going to be taking pennies on the dollar. Uh, well, unless somebody came and like blew them away with an offer. Yeah, but I don't think that ha- I, that's not the way the NBA. The NBA is a what have you done for me lately league. No, I get that, but there's yeah. going to be people that are that miss out on the on the the handful of. 
big time free agents this summer, so that may get desperate. And you know, one of those teams, maybe David Griffin decides he wants a you know maybe if if he's trying to convince AD to stay. Although I don't really think that a Kevin Love, Zion, and AD front court makes that much sense. No, that's no. That's a lot of guys that all want to play power forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. But uh but yeah, I mean it's so I was thinking of an idea this morning that I want to run past you since we we're going to talk about the Lakers a little bit. Sure. A little, yeah. We have the next <laughs> half an hour set aside for them, it, it, right? It's uh yeah, it's it's uh Lake Lake the blog. <laughs> but <laughs> uh what if the Lakers traded LeBron to New Orleans? Uh, Do you for think AD? that would be a possibility at all? No, not for AD. For for what? Um, for, the, for, for Zion draft picks. For draft for, picks and like a Solomon Hill. Or do you think that the Lakers they want to make the play? I don't think. You don't think it's a possibility? No. I no, mean, if they're trading LeBron, they're trading LeBron for another cornerstone piece. Okay. Now that could be. I mean. If you were saying like they were going to trade LeBron for Zion, then that'd be a possibility. Could, you can yeah. do that, but why would Griffin? Griffin no, do Griffin's that? Not and Gail Benson's not going to do that. No, I, and they know Zion's a guy that literally you're going to control his rights for at least the next eight years. Yeah, LeBron's never forced his way out of anywhere. Technically, no. <laughs> that would be that would be cause for him to to do that and. I mean, no, you think any, I mean, no, if, if free agents don't want to go to the Lakers now, if the Lakers oh, yeah. did that to LeBron, no one would ever go to the yeah. Lakers. Like it just would be, oh, so you can ship me off to, to New Orleans? Yeah. No, no, thanks. Yeah. And just to recap for anybody uh, who, who may be tuning in today, there is a major piece on ESPN.com that detailed yeah, was, uh, the foibles of the Lakers, um, entitled Inside the Lakers Culture of Fear, Distrust, and Anxiety um, by Baxter Holmes. Baxter Holmes. And then, of course, I don't know if you saw any of Twitter or any of the NBA shows on ESPN today, but Stephen A. Smith was not a happy camper that this story came out the same day that Magic Johnson was supposed to appear on his show. <laughs> which to me is comical but yeah. um you know and the, and the lakers the lakers went out of their way to say that they weren't going to be like the Cavs or the heat or anybody else and they've proven that they're not they've proven yeah. that they are exactly the the dumpster fire that they appear to be from the outside <laughs> yes and of course it it the piece detailed the abuse and you know horrible culture that went on under rod palenka and magic johnson and you know magic johnson was absent when he was there he was kind of a terrible person and berating people and yelling people at people and they told the story of them drafting maritz wagner and then blaming them not drafting amari spellman on because they, oh, cause they, they had Kevin two Hart. different they had two different draft rooms yeah <laughs> What is that? Yeah, it's so great. But the y you can tell the greatest story about the whole article, and it involves the rock. Oh, the <laughs> fact the fact that I saw 
before I read this article this morning when I got up, um, Heath Ledger, <laughs> The <laughs> Dark Knight. May he rest in peace. Yeah. May he rest in peace. Heath Ledger, The Dark Knight. Rob Palinka and The Rock were all were all at the top of <laughs> they my were all trending. Twitter Twitter trending timeline, and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> and I read this story, and I I honestly I laughed out loud. Oh, and yeah, then they and then was even better is they showed they actually showed video like, of this. Yeah, with, like the story is we'll so have to outrageous. Post we'll have to post. No the video one would believe with, uh, it, but there actually exists video. <laughs> there exists video of Rob Palinka telling the story. Now, for, first Did of all, you watch it was during the video. First of all, oh yeah, oh, I haven't amazing. watched it yet. I gotta watch it. The video is amazing because The Rock clearly knows this is this is just a a bunch of of crap, <laughs> but just kind of goes along with it because he doesn't want to like call the guy out because <laughs> he in knows front he's of... signing his check. Yeah, <laughs> and all the guys in the audience are like, "What?" Like, <laughs> like you, all you do, he's got to do is put two and two together and realize there's no way this happened, right? So. Basically, for those of you who haven't heard the story, Rob Plink, they the Lakers had this what, what they called "quote unquote" a gen- genius series, which in theory is a good idea, where you bring different people who are at the top of their industry and in different you know different lines of work come in and they talk about you know about excellence, about yes. you know how they they're they're they do what they do and. Now my, my name the, is Matt Foley, and I am a motivational speaker. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the the weird thing is that they so I like The Rock. The Rock's a great guy, but they had The Rock come in to talk about to talk about movie the movies he's been in. I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I you know you could have gone with like I don't know like like DiCaprio or you know like De Niro, De Niro, Tom Cruise, you know, like somebody. Somebody's like, you know, won the Academy Awards or something like that. But the, fine. The Rock. He's the a big, Rock has sold a lot of tickets. Yeah. The, the Rock's got, you know, he's, he's crossed over from WWE star to, to uh, big time action movie star. He's a bankable stars. movie star. Yeah. So they had The Rock in talking about that. And The Rock's telling a story. And then Rob Palenka decides he's going to chime in with a story not not that's sort of not quite about him, but about his most famous client, Kobe Bryant. They said, "Yeah, you know, when back in two thousand and eight, uh, when Kobe saw he saw the the Dark Knight, um, you know, he wanted and he and he, he he was going in, you know, before a Knicks game, he really wanted to, you know, kind of get inside of, you know, the the the." you know, sort of the head of, of that, what that movie was about. And so, you know, he wanted, he's like, give me a, you know, get me a dinner with, with Heath Ledger. And, uh, so he, he, they, they had dinner in New York and the next day went out and, and he used a lot of that, you know, what he, what he gleaned, he uh, against lock the in. Yeah. Lock in against the next. Meanwhile, for anybody that knows anything about the dark Knight, sadly, Heath Ledger, passed away six months before the movie The Dark Knight came out. So January <laughs> of 2008, and the, the movie didn't come out until July of 2008. So for Kobe to have seen the movie and then had dinner, this this dinner that, that Palenka purported with Heath Ledger in New York would have meant that Kobe would have had to have seen the movie at least, and, and at least 
six months before Heath Ledger died. Yeah, and didn't he die like literally right after they filmed it? Yeah, like, very shortly like before after. The, yeah, like before they because they still needed to do like oh yeah, none and of the post production was like, done. No, so the movie couldn't have been shown. Like even a production print wouldn't have like all you had gotten was dailies at best. Yeah. So, anyways, I mean, <laughs> yeah. who who knows where the but like that's a, I mean, it's just a just an out and out lie. <laughs> it's a whopper of a tale. But now it's, but now it's you know, it, now, it is the thing that will define Rob Polinko from yeah. now on. Rob oh, Polinko will so be <laughs> will be the the Dark Knight. I mean, he. <laughs> it's so great and. The fact that The Rock isn't like the, the, and then Kobe like is so irritated reportedly because his name isn't anywhere near well, the story. And that's just it's like it's like well, just ask Kobe. Okay, Kobe, did you really have did you have <laughs> dinner with Heath Ledger? You know, after the movie came out, did you was there a séance? Like what what happened? Uh, but I'm sure Kobe because Kobe's now in the unenviable position of like. Well, if he comments at all, it, it completely crashes. No, nothing he says can be the right thing. No, can't be the right thing. Uh, it's so great. I mean, and I feel for the people that work for the Lakers that were affected by the lunacy going on, but that also, are still affected by the lunacy oh, that goes on. Yeah. yeah. Well, then there's that whole aspect of the story about which explains why Plank has, hasn't been, hasn't long since been fired. That he's got some weird connection with. Linda Rambis, who is the quote unquote oh, yeah. why does Linda shadow Rambis... owner yeah. of the Lakers. And why does Linda Rambis put up with Rod... why is she so enamored of Rod Polinka? I don't know. <laughs> but it's weird because she she's like a staunch Polinka supporter and clearly Jeannie Buss listens to Linda Rambis. So Yeah. Well and we all know who's pulling the strings behind the behind the oh, scenes. Yeah. PJ man. <laughs> PJ. Like it's every- all it's all trash. You know what it is? It is the someone someone I think it was uh one of the ESPN um former NBA player personalities dubbed the Lakers the Kardashians of the NBA. And he's not far off because the biggest problem with the Lakers is this hubris. It's this this inbred familial like only Lakers can be former Lakers can be involved and you know and it's it's proliferated. It's one thing when it's Dr. Jerry Buss and and Jerry West pulling the strings because those guys actually knew what the hell they were doing. But this weird thing where you're like, well, we're gonna hire Magic who doesn't know anything about being a GM or a president of operations, and we're gonna hire we're gonna hire Rob Palinka because he was Kobe's agent. He must know all these players and. It's just this weird, like, you're just setting yourself up to fail. Like, why would you hire yeah. these people to do these jobs? But even more now than they, that, I mean, to me, it's just, it's the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> from a humor standpoint. Yeah. I mean, just like every time we think we're done, we hear a ridiculous, another ridiculous story. <laughs> oh, it's only going to go from here. I mean, yeah. Magic's not going to be quiet. He'll keep talking. Rich Rob Paul Lincoln- isn't going to be quiet. And this Dark Knight thing's not going to go away. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah, oh, and it has of course. Nothing to do, yeah. And it has nothing to do with basketball, but he's going to have to wear that now. And what it does for him is that why would you ever believe anything Rob Polinka says ever again, 
right? Even for those of us who who like they'd already knew that he was the agent who lied to the, hey. the blind Gordon Gunn, right? I mean, hey, if I'm Darius Garland's agent, <laughs> I'm getting a promise from someone else. Yeah. <laughs> anything like yeah. you wouldn't even ask Rob Polinka what's what was for lunch that day at, at Staples Center. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is, is Rob Polinka never tell had you the truth that great of a reputation to begin with. Um, but magic has just utterly trashed his image. <laughs> well, magic <laughs> and really, and he can't keep magic his mouth shut. Magic doesn't look very good either. Coming no, out of this no, I mean, magic has trashed his own image is what I'm oh, saying. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean today. But on, they all look like a joke. He looks yeah. like a joke. Rob Linka looks like a joke. Genie Bus looks like a joke. Yeah, the Rambuses look like a joke. Like even what did LeBron, they, say like, they had thirty-seven percent turnover. Oh yeah, <laughs> but year. even LeBron has to wear some of this. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like this is the organization you chose to go yeah. be a part of, right? I mean, and, and Rich Paul. Yeah, yeah. Like what? What? Which what exactly we've already talked about, Rich Paul. <laughs> In previous yeah. uh, podcasts about you know why why Nobody. why if you're a prospective client would you sign with Rich Paul when he's screwed so many of his <laughs> when he's hosed many of his clients with his antics yeah, so completely and now, the, the whole yeah. thing is just it just it's a mess it is and obviously winning takes care of a lot okay. if. If LeBron is locked in and the the Lakers actually make some smart decisions, whether they choose somebody at, at four or they trade that pick and some and some of the young players for another established star or sign Jimmy Butler, although I I I look at Jimmy Butler as kind of damaged goods at this well, point. And but. not only that, you're throwing gasoline on a fire. I mean <laughs> here's a locker room that has Rich Paul floating in and out of it. Rob Palenka floating in and out of it. Jason Kidd, Jimmy Butler, the Ball yeah. family. I mean, it's like at a certain point, maybe you want less volatile personalities and you want to get some people involved. You know, are low maintenance individuals. You think, but you, you would think, yeah. But it doesn't seem to be the the case, at least not yet. But like I said, this could be a whole different story six months from now, or. Whatever, whatever the, yeah, like, yeah, yeah six well, months from now, like, come Christmas there. time. Somebody will sign there. We don't know who it is. Yeah. It, it, it could be. Uh, could I don't be think it'll Mello. be anybody. I don't think. <laughs> I think Milo's probably done, but I don't think it's going to be anybody good. Yeah. I think the best they'll do is Jimmy Butler, and I'm not convinced that Jimmy Butler is a guy that makes your team better. Jimmy anymore. and Boogie. That'd be fun. That'd be fantastic. We'd see what happens, but I don't know. If, I mean, honestly, on some level, I think LeBron cares, but on others, I think he, I think he's realized the bed that he's. Did you put hear himself the Bronny in. story today? No. Oh, okay. So I, I, I will have to look this up, but apparently, uh, he gave Bronny an Instagram account, and it it backfired a little bit today. So. Oh, he got one million. <laughs> he dropped a profanity-laced video on social media, and is getting into trash talking with Draymond Green, and he already has one million followers. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So m- more to come. <laughs> uh, nothing is given; everything is earned. 
Yep. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> enough on that train. Any more Cavs you want to talk about? I mean, the uh, only I'm thing... excited to see what happens with summer league and who they wind up with in the draft. I mean, I, I've resigned myself to the. I think I can't imagine them wanting to be good enough to lose their their top ten protected pick to the Hawks next summer. So uh, I think they'll be better next year, but I don't think they'll be. I think they're just they're. This is one more transitional year before. Um, you know, they can, they can go out and gear up for the summer of 21. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they could be, they could be the Kings, you know, be really good and then not at the end of the year. I, I guess the one thing I will say is I'm super encouraged about everything I'm hearing about, uh, Elon. Colin, Colin Sexton, actually. Oh, they, Sexton. They literally okay. have to kick him out of the gym sometimes. And time Good. to go home. And that one of the other, you know, the piece that I read on Cleveland.com said that he would probably be a he would possibly be a top five pick in this draft. So wow, that that makes me happy. So yeah, um, I'm I'm excited to see what happens there. I'm excited to see summer league and and you know international play. So uh, we, we'll see what happens there. And and that's but. The, you know, and hopefully dra- draft profiles are coming, but we haven't gotten there yet. It's uh, they're coming. It's been a struggle. The struggle is real. But yep, Memorial Day, I I I had the ultimatum to spend some time with my family, so that's what. Oh I yeah, so. no, I had the same. So <laughs> good for you. Um, and now we can talk about something we've been putting off for a couple weeks, and and yeah. Endgame. Which, yeah. uh, if you have not seen Avengers Endgame, uh, tune out now because there will be lots of spoilers. Um, but I think you, I know I love this movie. E.G., did you love the movie? I did. I did. Um, I saw it three times. Wow. Um, and I felt like the second time was the best time. I've, I've only seen it once so far, so I do want to go see it again. Well, I did go. I went and saw it with my son because I had to go get my son up to college. So right. we saw it once up well before we left, and then we saw it once on the the drive. We saw it at an, at an IMAX theater oh, nice. in in downtown San Francisco, which was pretty incredible. And actually, it had the Godzilla trailer on before in IMAX, which was even oh, more yeah, incredible. I'm going next week, but King of too, man. It looks good. The cast is excellent. Yeah, it looks great. But I, I mean, it was. It was great. I mean, it was a it's a long first hour to really sort of get in, you know, get into the plan and what's happening. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff they kind of have to get through. But then once you got into the middle, of the, you know, the, the, the time heist was fun. But, man, that last hour was just I was impressed with how the Russo brothers were able to and the the. The, the screenwriter's, um, um, which whose name's uh, uh, escape, are escaping me right now, but, um, oh, Marcus and McFeely. Um, they, they did such a great job of giving every character a moment. You know, they, they all had... It, it, or moments. A lot. Yeah. yeah, or moments, but, like, at least... I mean, everybody had their moment or moments to either for catharsis or to wrap things up or to, you know, to, to kind of come full circle. It was a really, a really great 
recap to this these first three phases of of the the MCU, I would say. Yeah. And and my kind of take on it was that while the movie was not perfect, I mean, it had its issues and there were some plot holes, obviously, but no one's ever done anything like this before, ever, in, in yeah. movie history. I mean, it's it, they've taken these characters on a ride and none of these movies felt tacked on or like a sequel that came out of nowhere that didn't make any sense. Uh, it was all delivered. It was all planned. And you really felt like you were saying goodbye to old friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and they, Slate had a really good preview about, um, or review about how the movie was kind of a love letter to Robert Downey Jr. Right. Um, which these movies don't exist if he was not so good as Tony Stark. I mean, it's true. Cause that was the one that worked. Cause, yeah. because, the first Thor kind of worked, but you know the first Cap was interesting, but like uh, the first Iron Man Hulk was, was not good at all. <laughs> no, it wasn't even uh, Mark Ruffalo. It was nope. Uh, Edward Norton. Uh, Edward Norton. Yeah, yeah, which was kind of a terrible cast, but um, yeah, no, I he he made it, and then um, and they did just a great job of building on that. I didn't even think the first Captain America was that good the first time I saw it, although it gets better on repeated watchings. But he and Chris Evans, really the centerpieces of the whole uh, show, of the whole MCU, and just were both fantastic. Um, the Chris Evans, a really great send-off. Uh, Tony Stark, a really great send-off as well. I mean, that scene with his dad when he's in the past is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, there, There's so many great moments for him, and great moments... With minor characters, like when he's on the ship at the beginning with Nebula, and it's like, you know, you can tell he's a giving actor because, I mean, she's a very minor character in a very, you know, and the and the actress isn't not that, in this one. <laughs> well, no, I mean at the beginning of the movie, but the actress yeah. isn't that well known. But she's, or at least you can't tell who she is by all the prosthetics and everything. But yeah, I mean, he's great. I mean, he's great with whoever he's on screen with. He's fantastic with Tom Holland. Um, he in all the movies that he's been with Tom Holland in, um, it's just it's so good. And the thing that those movies have the characters they gave you characters that care that you cared about uh, yep. from from top to bottom, and that to me meant more than you know any kind of plot holes. Um, you know, there's been a lot of people talking about a lot of the plot holes in it, and but it's also it's a comic book movie. No, this is how comic books are. They're sloppy because <laughs> you can't get time travel right in a comic book or a movie. There's too many crazy things that can go wrong. So it's you know, uh, movie sign with the Mads, uh, which is a podcast I listen to. It's uh, Frank Conniff and Trace Bulow from uh, Mystery Science Theater, and they said, you know, they referenced the Austin Powers time travel where the where he breaks the fourth wall, and he says, it's best that if you don't think about it too much, and I suggest the same for you, too, as he looks at the audience. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it worked really well. I mean, Tilda Swinton had a great scene. Uh, they, they did so many cool things in there. Um, it, it was just 
so much fun. And I tell you what, at the beginning, I mean, it was a really harrowing kind of a weird, almost like a, a it was post-apocalyptic, literally, at the beginning yeah. of, the, of it. And it, uh, you know, Thanos gets beheaded in the first 10 minutes. And you're like, and it was very anticlimactic. And you're like, oh, crap, how the hell did that happen? You know, and it's like... Um, and then, you know, half the world is gone and nobody's yeah. watching the Yankees and Captain America's in a support group and everybody's <laughs> kind of hanging on by a thread. And then uh, Paul Rudd comes, comes from out of nowhere. And that I thought that was just really well done. Like Paul Rudd yeah. might have the hardest role to pull off in that movie, because if you don't buy him, you don't buy the rest of the movie. and You don't buy, yeah, you know, the true. emotional weight that the movie is is carrying and i thought he was fantastic um no he was great yeah he was great i mean the only my only i guess it's not really even a complaint i wouldn't have leaned into the thor stuff quite as hard as they did <laughs> the the fat alcoholic yeah. thor <laughs> yeah it just felt that and then also i got a little bit a little bit of brainiac hulk went a long way for me so <laughs> yeah that was that that was a a little jarring. <laughs> yeah, there were transitions but, that were tough to take. There's a lot of transitions uh, in that that are tough to take. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a there's a five year there's a five year cut after yeah. the first twenty minutes. So yeah, and then there is a literally like fifty year cut at the end. Yeah, or in a I way, yeah. sixty year cut at the end. Um, but and. It was a fitting end to these characters, like you said, that we'd been we'd grown to to care about over the the last ten ten to twelve years. And yeah, well, and for me, I mean, I know my daughter was probably was three when Iron Man came out, and you know she kind of grew up watching these movies, and we kind of watched them all together, and it was really fun to see her really get excited about these movies, and like. <laughs> she was like, I can't watch Endgame again, and and not Endgame. Uh, what was the one? Infinity War again. Infinity War wrecked me. Yeah. I can't watch it again. And it's like, <laughs> uh, and and I the thing that they did better than any comic book movie has ever done is they used real actors. They gave them real emotion. Uh, it wasn't. They tried to avoid, I think, blue screen as much as possible. Yep. Um, to make it look real and to give it real emotional weight. And I mean, Tom Holland dying at the end of Infinity War is, you know, it's moving, you know, yeah. and it's not overdone. It's short, but it's, I mean, it's memorable. You know, it's one of the more memorable movie death scenes I remember. And, yep. and then Tony Hark, the, Tony, when Tony dies, is, is equally as moving. Um, and, and, Oh, who Josh Brolin's fantastic as Thanos. Just a, yeah. an all-time great bad guy. Yep. Uh with with great lines and they give everybody great lines. Uh um, Yeah. And they did. and great opportunities to interact with each other and and yeah, it wasn't perfect. There was there was plot holes you could uh you could drive a Quinjet through, but <laughs> you know this, you know. Um and it was fantastic. They did the opposite of what the games Game of Thrones showrunners did with the final <laughs> season, um, which was you know drive it into the ground and take a show based around characters and ideas and dialogue and acting, 
and make it a show based around special effects and fantasy tropes. Right. <laughs> Which was really a bummer. Yeah. Um, the, Especially after you've invested. I mean, it's in yeah. a similar way you've invested. I didn't, but I know a lot of a lot of yeah. my friends watched it. Um, you know, that's what seven, eight years into into a show that same kind of thing where you you grow to love the characters, you care about the storylines, and then yeah, you know, from what I haven't watched it, but from what I understand it, you know, like kind of what, what, what you said, it was yeah. like. The show wasn't even the show that you watched for the last, and and it started in the last three seasons weren't very good, but the season before this one, at the end of it, it as a lot of people have said, it just became Game of Thrones greatest hits, um, where right. they just were getting the band back together for no good reason, um, and then just the the last episode, the last two episodes were so jarringly bad. Uh, like you know, the second to last episode. Uh, it, do you want spoilers or no? Not really, because okay. I am gonna probably binge okay. watch it. So I, I hope I'm not spoiling it too much for you. But there's a character turn, uh, a character changes in a way that you are like makes no a makes no sense, and B feels really tacked on. And right. then the final episode is like it's like you get a Hobbit ending, <laughs> My and God. not not in a good way. I mean, <laughs> the Hobbit <laughs> it worked because it made sense for the piece, and obviously that's the way Tolkien wrote it. But it's also right. a tonally a completely different setup. But this one, it just it's like all these great characters and these great actors, and oh, who's the one that plays Cersei? Oh. Yeah, I know who you mean. Oh gosh, Lena Lannister. Is it not Lena? Like, she's Ed, literally. Ed, Ed, um, yeah, one second. Oh, this is gonna drive me nuts. I know who it is too. I can't. Yeah, it's Lena Head Hetty. Yeah, and she literally spends the second. She spends her final episode. Um, and I'm not ruining anything for you. Sure. Um, she spends her final episode sipping wine like Kermit the Frog <laughs> instead of like <laughs> actually interacting with other actors and characters. Like they literally give these actors and nothing to do for most Man. of the season. It's just like, what are you doing here? It was, it was brutal. It was That's brutal. Too bad. And my wife is an enormous fan and she was like, that was, that was dumb. And the sad thing is, is there actually are good episodes in the final season. Um, I just didn't think the final two were any good. Yeah, I heard it was all pretty rushed. Like the guys that um, that were show running it were heading off to go do the next Star Wars um, spinoff. And... The Mandalorian? Or is it another movie? Like another movie. Okay. Um, but the you know, it was, yeah, time to wrap this up. And I think they got past the, beyond where the books had yeah, gone to, yeah. right? So, yeah, always difficult when you're, you're sort of left to make up, you know, uh, source material, essentially. So, yeah, yeah. And of course, they consulted with, uh, what's his name? I can't, uh, George R. R. Martin. George R. R. Martin, but it, it's not going to be the same. So, no. But, I mean, it was a it, 
some great runs of that show, some great episodes. Um, unfortunately, the last two weren't were some of them, but you know, um, I, and it'll be interesting to see what HBO does now. I saw their lineup of shows, and it does not look good. Uh, I mean, Chernobyl, I've heard a lot of good things about, and yeah, what's the Barry's other? really good, but you know, yeah, but it, Barry is a very it's a small show. Yeah. You know, it's a half hour show that only does like 10 episodes. Yeah. And yeah. Westworld won't be back until next spring, I think. Yeah. Right? And the last season of Westworld was pretty brutal. Although I like that they added Aaron Paul to the. Well, new, I only got through three. about three episodes, so I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to go back and finish that. And then I'm trying to think of what the other show on HBO is. Um, of course, there's Watchmen is coming, um, which yeah. is being created by my one of my all-time least favorite Hollywood writers, David Lindelof. So, yeah, uh, I I can't well, I I can't get behind that, and it stars. Tom I wasn't Rick. too Im- I wasn't too impressed with the the trailer. So. Yeah, it it looked nothing like Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it didn't. And it had Don Johnson. <laughs> yeah, well, there is the the uh, the Deadwood movie. Yeah, that and that was the other thing I was going to say, which I'm excited about. I never finished. Deadwood, but I got through like four seasons, and I need to go back and just yeah, binge I like it Deadwood. I, oh, talk about a show that gave actors something to do. I mean that yeah. show. That show was fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed Deadwood, and Ian McShane, uh, Lovejoy, uh, was was fantastic <laughs> in that. So yep. yeah, Ian McShane, who had a small role in Game of Thrones, so I, and a yeah. big role in uh, John, John Wick. Wick. Yeah, <laughs> have you seen John Wick three? Yeah, it was fun. Is it a lot of fun? Okay, good. I want to go. I want to go see. It's it. a little bit too much knife fighting for me, but um, <laughs> I guess I know, they I know mix you're it an up, anti knife so. fighting kind of guy. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's just like they just go along. Knife fights tend to last a lot longer than gun fights <laughs> for, for some a, reason. Yeah, and if you're a John Wick fan, then you're like you know you're you know you're there for the for the <laughs> the massive gunfights. So yeah, no, that's funny. I mean, I I enjoy that. I enjoy. I enjoy that Keanu Reeves has embraced who he is, and yeah. <laughs> and he seems like a very. I've I've heard that he's a very nice person, and very nice. people like. Working There's also with a him. third Bill and Ted's movie coming out. Yeah, so. I've, I have heard that as well, and that people enjoy working with him. And I think it, it's funny because I I mean you can probably uh, attest to this somewhat, but if people don't like working with you, you only last so long in your profession. It's and, true. and and it's as true in Hollywood as it any, is anywhere else. If you're an insufferable person, no one no one wants to work with you. And there there is a reason that uh uh Meryl Streep keeps getting roles. You know, not only is she an incredible actress, but people enjoy working with her. You know, it's like and plus I I also feel like and and I don't know if this is true, but if somebody is a professional you know, they show up on time, they do their job, they don't p- treat people like crap. Like, that goes a long way, right? So we have lost Evil Genius, so I'm going to go ahead and sign out of this podcast, and as always, go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blog. There's a fire Lost your 
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.